0: The Bible is full of images of living in the overflow of God's blessing. The prophet Malachi describes an uncontainable heaven burst of blessings poured out upon us. In Psalm 23, David describes our cups overflowing while we are being pursued by the goodness of God. Jesus was an overflow specialist. He said that he came to give us an overflowing abundant joy and that if we would just believe in him, that rivers of life would overflow from our hearts. He came to bring us full life. But the Bible makes it incredibly clear that God fills us so that we will overflow for others. He loves us so that we can love others. He forgives us so that we can forgive others. He gives us life so that we can be life givers. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. We live in the overflow so that we can live generous lives. This is not about what God wants to get from you. It's about what he wants to give to you. Generous people simply live life, love life, and give life better. Join us for 50 days of teaching, practicing generosity, and generosity challenges that put a smack dab in the middle of God's overflowing generosity.
1: Welcome to Calvary at Home. My name is Sean, and I'm the online gathering pastor. We are so delighted that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with us this weekend. In fact, it's a C-WOW weekend, which stands for Church Without Walls. And at all of our sites, we are not gathering in person to worship today, but we're saying go as the church and be the church. In fact, last weekend, we heard some great messages about what it looks like to live a life of hospitality, especially through our generosity. Well, we're excited that you're here with us, and we just want to encourage you, if you're not already joining us uh, on our YouTube channel, that you can always check us out there. And if you go there, like the content, subscribe, uh, but also it's a great way to follow along and to see the previous sermons, and we have all of our worship videos uh, there that you can follow along with as well. Well, hey, we have two resources we want to make sure that you have in your hands, and the first one is uh, Overflow, the 50 Days... uh, uh, to a generous life this is the series that we are in right now and I got to tell you this is packed full of some amazing stories uh, and devotions written by many people across the Calvary movement I've personally been loving uh, what God is teaching me through this so we encourage you to be using your book if you didn't get a copy of this let us know we'll make sure that you do and another one this is hot off the press it's front yard mission uh, this is an excellent resource for you uh, to live out what it means to be a missionary right where you live work and play in fact that's part of our focus here today as we gather it is a CWOW weekend but we just want to talk through some things together to give you some tools uh, so that you know how to operate as a front yard missionary right where you are at so again we say uh, welcome and I want to introduce to you, we'll be having a conversation today with my friend and pastor, uh, Isaac Balbin. Uh, Isaac, welcome. Thanks yeah, for being thanks, with man. us today. Yeah. And uh, you are the newest full time staff member yeah. at Calvary. Yeah. So uh, you yep. and your wife, Courtney, uh, were online. Mm-hmm. Last summer,
2: summer. Uh, you guys had
1: a conversation together, which was awesome.
2: On hospitality. On
1: hospitality. Yeah, Yeah. you guys talked about what it looks like as you open up your home Mm -hmm. for folks. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your role at Calvary?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, like Sean said, I'm Isaac. I'm newest addition here, full-time anyway, to the Calvary team and serving as the executive pastor. So all things behind the scenes with numbers, people, staff and strategy, Um, love it. We have an amazing team here. Um, I love the SeaWow vision. Um, It's not just an aspired value, it's an actual value, because we're doing this today. Um, we are in our neighborhoods, right, by the time we're watching this, and, and we're taking Jesus to the streets, and That's right. and we're being missional, right, where we live, work, That's and play, right. like you said, and yeah. so love that, love where we're going, and I'm excited for the days and weeks ahead as we roll out a vision for 2030. Yeah, so, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Yeah, yeah, so married to my wife, Courtney, um, we've been married about 10 years now, um, so two boys, uh, Judah and Asher, four and three, pray for us. We never sleep, we're always on the move, uh, <laughs> but loving every minute, and so, so, um, yeah, yeah. so we've been in the central PA region uh, for just about three years now. Uh, okay. Moved back to, uh, to help lead a church, transitioned from that, and now we find ourselves here at Calvary. So.
1: Well, welcome. Officially, yeah. we welcome you, and it's great Thanks. to have you full-time.
2: Full-time, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Hey, I came across yeah. uh, this uh, little story by historian Arthur Schlesinger, Jr. Hmm. He observes that our society is marked by inextinguishable discontent. Our quest is better, and we look for the next big thing. We want a better job with better pay yeah. and a better boss. We want better relationships and a better car and a better backhand of tennis or a longer drive in golf. And we have a desire to live endlessly, to live tirelessly for the next thing, the next weekend, the next vacation, the next purchase, the next experience, or maybe the next corporate worship gathering in the building. We are never satisfied. We're never content, and we are envious of those around us who have what? We don't. And so this weekend, as we look mm. at overflow, we're looking at overflowing gain and what it looks mm. like to live a life of contentment. Yeah. And uh, Isaac, as we were mm. kind of talking about what this could look like and what, yeah. what is it that we have yeah. that we can share to be an encouragement to those that are listening yeah. today. And uh, we could obviously look at Paul's writing and yeah. Philippians uh, speaking on contentment. And there's yeah. so, so much good in that passage. Yeah. And I'd yeah. encourage you to check that out. Um, but Psalm 23 God gave me, and and mm. that first verse, "The Lord is my shepherd; yeah. I shall not want." Yeah, I mean, maybe for just a yeah. few moments we could unpack that a little bit, and how does that affect
2: mm.
1: uh, our relationship with our family and our mm. neighbors as as front yard mission?
2: Yeah. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think of like who wrote it. It was David. <laughs> And likely when he was a king, but he was previously a shepherd. Yeah. And so now he's he's equivocating that title of shepherd with something that he's experienced, but also with the, the lordship of Jesus, yeah. ultimately, yeah. right? Yep. He came to be the great shepherd, but it's also a, a lowly position. And so I, I shall not want because I have the great <laughs> shepherd. So in other words, I have great gain because I have the great shepherd. Yeah, and it begins and ends with this idea of that that jesus has has met my greatest need, yeah that like if everything's taken away from me and I have Jesus, like my sin has been paid for and covered and forgiven, and so I don't have to want mm. for anything, yeah right it, it's yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean there there's my mind is just spinning <laughs> on that in and yeah. of itself because there's so much there that we could unpack and and obviously we don't have the time to do that today. But I think about you know Jesus telling us in his teaching yeah. um that if we have food, shelter, and clothing aside from our relationship with him, yeah. we yeah. we have everything yeah. that we need. So yeah. what what's happened in our culture today mm. that takes our eyes off of Jesus?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think the like the culture of consumerism really is the undercurrent of everything that we do. It's leaked into the family. It's leaked into the neighborhood. It's leaked into the workplace. Um, The idea of keeping up with the Joneses is not just a, like a quippy saying, it's just full on everything we're about. And then we have the magnifying glass of social media, you know, like everyone else's highlight reels is on display. And then I look around my messy house with my dirty kids and my bank account. Just I'll never be that. Like I never feel that or experience that. And and so consumerism is the discipleship model of the culture. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it's what we're apprenticing and what we're following, what we're chasing. Yeah. And I think what we're finding is it's never enough. Yeah. We're just never content.
1: It's interesting. So we look at these three men. So yeah. David yeah. in his passage, yeah. Jesus and yeah. his teachings. And I referenced Paul earlier. Yeah. Um. And we look at all of their, all yeah. of their history, their, right. their story about what yeah. they had. And yet, sometimes it doesn't click with me or us. Yeah. And yeah. we still get caught up in, in our culture. Mm. And uh, I sometimes, I get mad at myself for that disconnect. I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah. these are amazing role models. I mean, David, yeah. uh, we yeah. can look at all the mess that he had personally yeah. in his life. Yeah. But yet, what did Jesus say about David? Mm. You know, man after his own heart. Yeah. And Paul, uh, who was Saul, mm-hmm. who was um, you know killing Christians for their belief, and yeah. and that but but God, yeah, you know, and life yeah. changed, and so on mission, so on yeah. fire for Jesus. Yeah. And as he was writing yeah. that that passage that I was referencing to, he was writing it from.
2: A prison cell. It's a prison cell. Yeah. yeah it, probably yeah. not
1: like a modern day prison cell. No, I mean, no. I yeah. can I can see stone walls and yeah. water coming through yeah, and, yeah. and cold and dark and, yeah. and chains and all of that. Yeah, there was
2: like no free time hour. No it was, no yeah. free time. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no
1: let's go out into the courtyard and shoot right. some hoops. Right. Um and I and I think about how he said there, yeah. uh, you know, he's he's had much, yeah. but he's also experience little, but in yeah. all things, yeah, yeah, all things yeah. Um, he can see Christ in that, yeah and um again, i don 't know you know so many things we can unpack within that about mm. what does that look like for us, you know for our daily provision are mm. are those needs being met. Mm-hmm. How does that help us shape our minds around what it looks like to live out of the overflow yeah, yeah. so that we can there uh, invite people into our space yeah regardless of what the mess is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean what the, has that looked like for mm. you and Courtney? Because I know last year when you guys were online, you talked about opening up your yeah. home, something very natural yeah. for you yeah. guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think for me it it always comes back to the uh, so like David opens the psalm um, with the Lord is my shepherd um, and that's not only a declaration of who he is, mm-hmm. but it's also an identity that we can own as our own. Yeah. Uh, because if you carry that through the the kind of the narrative of the New Testament is, is I am no longer belonging to myself. Uh, my sin has been covered. And so when Jesus looks at me, he no longer sees my sin. He sees himself. And so ultimately it feels like an issue. <laughs> of identity. And what I love about the Bible is that it always tells you who you are before it tells you what to do. And so it's never, it's never the journey of go try harder, clean yourself up, do better. It's you're no longer your own. You belong to Christ. And so now I no longer have to measure up to the culture of consumerism, but I'm free to to enjoy and live and worship in the direction of the image of Jesus, which is who I am. So,
1: so, so, so good. Um, So, on this weekend at Calvary, we've been talking about it a lot over the last couple months leadership advance. Yeah, yeah. And that is one of the key things that we zero in on, if you will. Um, Ephesians 2, chapter Mm -hmm. 10. I remember growing up and learning that verse in the King James Version, yeah. uh, we are his workmanship. And, and yeah. as, as a boy, that didn't mean a lot to right. me. Right. But as I grew older and studied different translations, what yeah. that verse says is you are God's masterpiece. Mm. And I, I, I know a lot in my ministry, I look at people in their eyes and I yeah. tell them you are a masterpiece. And I, yeah. and I encourage them to actually say that. I'd encourage you to right where you're at now, mm. say that I am a masterpiece. Hmm. Because what's happened in our culture is we look yeah. in the mirror, we look at the yeah. pop culture, yeah. we look at what we see on social media yeah. um, or the television, and we don't think we measure up. Yeah. And so our identity, yeah. and we didn't talk about these things. No, which, no. Yeah. I love this yeah. because our de- identity um, we think is in all of those things out yeah. there. Yeah. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Yeah. You're a masterpiece of me. Yeah. I created you in my image. Yeah. Therefore, go and yeah. do these things. Yeah. Go and uh, uh, live out of the overflow of who mm-hmm. I am in you. Yeah. Open up your home. Be hospital. It doesn't matter about the mess. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got to share in uh, Lewistown last week, and yeah. you talked about yeah. uh, the mess in yeah. your own home when you invited oh someone in. Do you mind yeah. a little reca- recap on that story?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it, so it flies totally in the face. Of everything consumerism, when someone unexpectedly knocks on your door, and they get a peek behind the curtain <laughs> of you know what this is our actual life, you know. Um, and so, the, um, in a nutshell, the story was we had a neighbor that we're gaining relationship with knock on our door at the most inconvenient time, and um, I said Sunday that you know both toddlers were running around mostly naked. Um, there was messes everywhere. It was the it was the least clean moment of mm-hmm. our week. And they're saying, you know, I, I have a need. I want to come in. I want to talk. I want to chat. And my, I literally said, like, not right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but I had a gut check moment. And I think that's what the Spirit does. Yep. Uh, and so I opened the door back up and said, like, why don't you come in? Uh, it's a mess. Just disclaimer. Yep. And that ended up being one of the most fruitful demonstrations of the gospel because they didn't see the cleaned up version of Isaac. They saw the messy version of yep. Isaac. Yep. And in the messy is where Jesus is at work.
1: Yep. I, yep. Love, I love that story. So you see... Mm-hmm. Vulnerability there, yeah. Um, yeah, you see uh wow, interruptibility,
2: yeah, which let's yeah. be
1: honest, at times we don't want to be interruptible oh, i
2: didn't want to, and, yeah yeah, yeah, and so
1: oh, what an amazing yeah. story, so, as you think about your front yard mission, even this weekend, on this SeaWow weekend, think about stories mm. like that. are you letting people into the mess of your life? Let me share this this uh this story with you all because yeah. um. I read this story a couple years back, and it's one of those stories that has gripped me every time I, I reread it. So says Tim Vanderveen from Spring Lake, Michigan, was a great student at Hope College in Holland, Michigan. Tall, broad-shouldered, curly hair, a smile as broad as the dawn, and as handsome as they came. In the early 90s, after graduating from college, he took a job at Johnson Controls and worked his way up the ladder of success about as quickly as anybody could. On a raw-boned, wind-whipped November afternoon, Tim called his good friend and former professor. Professor Brown answered the phone and said, hey, Tim, how are you doing? He heard a weak and trembling voice, which said, I'm not doing so good. So Professor Brown said, well, what's up with you? Tim said, well, I'm in the hospital in in Grand Rapids. I got the flu or something. My folks are out of the country. So Professor Brown said, well, I'm going to be in Grand Rapids later today. Maybe I can stop by and see you. Tim said, I'd like that a lot. By the time Professor Brown visited Tim, the doctors had already been there, and it wasn't the flu. It was leukemia. And that began a three-year arduous battle that he would lose. Hmm. Or win, maybe. Now come to room 5255 in Spectrum Hospital three years later. Professor Brown walked into Tim's room. His mother was sitting in the corner crying, and you can't blame her. Tim's lying on his side. They had positioned the pillows between his skinny little legs, his His hair wasn't curly anymore. There wasn't enough energy for him to look at the professor, so the professor got down on one knee so he could look at him eyeball to eyeball. He said, Hello, Tim. Tim said, Hi, Professor. There was a long, awkward pause. Professor Brown had been a pastor for 20 years, and he still didn't know what to say. So Tim broke the silence. He said, I have learned something. The professor knew this much at least. You don't trifle with the words of a person who's about to die. You just listen carefully. So the professor said, tell me, partner, what is it that you have learned? Tim said, I have learned that life is not like a VCR. (laughs) Well, the professor didn't get it any more than maybe you are not getting it right now. So the professor said to him, I don't get it. What do you mean? Tim said, it's not like a VCR. You can't fast forward through the bad parts. There's a long pause. And the professor's thinking to himself, where does he get this stuff? Hmm. Then Tim interrupts the silence again to say, but I have learned that Jesus Christ in every frame and right now, that's just hmm. enough. And so we think about contentment and living in the hmm. overflow of contentment. And I don't know, for me, I think about when I'm so focused on mm. circumstances and things, yeah, then I'm not focusing on what Jesus really has for me mm. and my relationship with Him. Um, you shared a podcast with some of the staff this past week mm. about self-awareness. Yeah, and William Vanderblumen quoted this. He says, "Today, people talk about what they're learning, not about what they should be doing." Yeah. So I was yeah. wondering if you could let that spin into maybe some some questions or what kind of a challenge can we leave our viewers with yeah. today as we think about all of these things?
2: Yeah. No, I love that quote by Werner Blumen. I mean, it's, it's the idea of when you know who you are, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, And so the overflow, as we've, that's kind of been the theme and thread, is we're leaning into the presence of Jesus, and not only for, for experience sake, but for identity sake. Yeah. This is who we are. Yeah. And so what do we do with that? And it has been coming back to this What's this one one next right step I can do as a Jesus apprentice to start to detox or maybe even kill this culture of consumerism that maybe even infected and infected us? Yeah, right. For sure. Um, and so, what's one next good right step in the direction of Jesus yeah. that we could take this week? Yeah, is a question that comes to mind.
1: And it's. That's deep. There's a yeah. lot there if yeah. we and actually I, I would love if you could just look right yeah. into the camera and, and ask that directly to each person because yeah. I think there's a ton yeah. within that that each of us can take a moment right now and really process what yeah. does that look do you mind just yeah. reshaping that, reasking that question one more time so our yeah. viewers can really wrap yeah. their minds yeah. around that?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would say as you apprentice Jesus in this idea of overflow. What's one next good and right and godly step that you can take in the direction of apprenticing Jesus, detoxing from consumerism, and stepping into his presence and experiencing mm. grace. And so I think for each of us, it could look so different depending sure. on what's right in front of us right now. Absolutely. You know, uh, for, for me, uh, for us and our family, we've had recent conversations around digital detox because when it's in front of my face on a screen, yep. I'm more tempted to, to turn my eyes to the screen yep. instead of turn my eyes to Christ. Yep. And, wow. and so when we go home, we have this little lockbox um, we put the phones in there, oh, and my, from five that. until eight p.m. after we put the boys to bed, like it's it's locked, it's away, it's family time, it's intentional. Because when I scroll, yep. I, I just head down a path of I, I want. That's you awesome. You know, uh, but Psalm twenty three says I shall not want. I shall not want. Yeah, so yeah. good,
1: so good. Well, hey, do you mind closing us in prayer, please? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, let's pray. So, Jesus, we thank you, um, God, that ultimately the the way that we're going to detox from consumerism is leaning into who you are. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that, number one, you remind us of our identity in Christ. We have been bought by you. We've been cleansed, forgiven, and set free. That's who we are. And so, God, lead us into what we are to do, our next right step as we follow you for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Isaac, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for joining in with us today as well. If you have any questions about anything that you heard from today, or if you simply just want to reach out for someone to pray with, please do that. You can get us at the information at the bottom of your screen.